Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What Billy up? This is the game. Yeah. It's a uh, cat and mouse. Smoked a turkey. Yes. He is down. He is freaking down. Said he shot an absolute giant. Fall obsession, baby. Welcome back, everybody, to another Fall Obsession podcast episode. I am your host for this week's podcast, Sam Thrash, and got two different guys sitting at the table with me today. Y'all have heard him before. Our media production manager, Nick Powell, hey, he's what's here up, today. Guys? And we're also joined by our other administrator, Mr. Nick Latham. Welcome to Fall Obsession Podcast, buddy. Yeah, it's awesome. We got two guys with you, same name. I got two Nicks sitting at this table. Nick squared. Couple of Nicks. This, yeah. this is going to be very interesting. Hey, you <laughs> one and two. Yeah, Nick one and Nick two. At least you won't have trouble remembering Nick the names. I'll, I'll call you pal for this podcast. No, How about that? I'll we'll talk that. We'll call you pal. So guys, before we get into our topic, um, you guys may notice that we sound a little bit different uh, today. That's because we're out here actually today at Cinnamon Creek Ranch recording this podcast episode. So a huge shout out to our our sponsors at Cinnamon Creek um, for letting us come out here and record. If you guys have not been out here um, to their facilities and you're in the North Texas area or passing through, you got to stop by. Um, This place is awesome. They not only have a bow shop and archery range, but they also have a wild game processor and event center where they do... Um, kid leagues, tournaments, lessons, and uh, even corporate team building events. So if you guys are interested in any of that, um, in addition to archery, um, be sure that you come out here and check them out. So huge shout out to those guys for, uh, for letting us come out here and record. So, so we, got some, we got an interesting subject um, for this week's episode, and we wanted to kind of talk about something that's not always easy for people to talk about, and that is um, dealing with that bad stuff out in the woods, that those bad shots, losing animals, um, and those bad experiences, because they can haunt some guys. Mm -hmm. They can go to the point where they keep guys from coming back again, from hunting again. So 
that that's something that I think is a good thing to talk about, um, even though a lot of people don't, um, because for all we know, one of our listeners could be dealing with that right now. And if we can make a difference, then we absolutely want to do so. So sure. I know that, like for me, when we when we go out there, we, we dream of success. We dream of going out there oh, yeah. and, and getting it done, shooting a big deer, shooting a big pig, whatever it is, and, and being successful. And it's not always that way. There's, there's other factors that come into play, some of which you might not have anticipated before. Mm-hmm. And I, I know for me, I get really hard on myself. Yeah. Especially when I'm, if I make a bad shot, because you know I primarily bow hunt and I pride myself in being a good archer. And when I make a bad shot, man, I, I feel like crap. Oh yeah, same here. Yeah, I, I certainly. <laughs> and I think anybody that is somewhat competitive, oh yeah, is is always trying to get better and push themselves to go to the next level. Yeah. And and when we quote fail unquote on something, you know, we fail at it. It's like, oh, there's a little ding to the old confidence. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think it falls kind of in an ethical standpoint because, you know, you have all the anti-hunters who, you know, think we're killing Bambi or whatnot, you know, <laughs> right. but, and, yep. but we, what we want to do, we don't want to injure that animal. We want to shoot that animal to where it's as humane as possible. We're not trying to hurt them on purpose. <laughs> no, and I think that it, it kind of, well, you killed that animal. And maybe it's not even killing, it's the harvesting aspect of it. Right. That we're not going to just kill something. We're going to harvest it mm-hmm. for meat, for our families. Eat our families, eat. yep. It's definitely a misconception, especially when people, like you're saying, from an outside source are looking in, and and it, 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 can, be, it can be taken the wrong way. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very easily. Um, and a big part of that wraps back around to... Um, one, if you make a poor shot, your primary goal is to finish the job you started. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not proud of it, but I can honestly say that probably more times than I would have liked to have been a part of, whether me or, my, or somebody else, I was either trying or tr- helping somebody try to recover a, a poorly shot animal. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it happens to all of us, um, and it doesn't matter if you are a if you are an entry-level hunter, if you are at a stage similar to us, or if you are on the outdoor channel, you know it's it it comes across all different all different walks of this industry and 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 this uh, this passion this this thing we call hunting. Oh, yeah. you know? Even those guys on TV that supposedly never miss, I guarantee you have missed once or twice. Well, in their that's life. a good thing about a show; you can edit it to show <laughs> what you want. <laughs> I only hit. The ones that are big <laughs> and far away. That's right. That that is one aspect of this. That is that is a uh, that is a challenging thing to, to overcome. One, making a bad shot, but two, especially if you don't find the animal. Um, there can be other circumstances. Um, I know, and and I'll I'll come out and say it. The, I was on a hog hunt um, more recent than not, and I shot a pig and saw it hit the ground, I saw blood, it was in a, a field with some pretty tall wheat in it, and uh, you know, I, I blood trailed that thing for a couple hundred yards. I got lucky in, in finding the blood in the first place, mm-hmm. but uh, I blood trailed that thing for a couple hundred yards and it was just, it, it, it dried up, 
you know, and, and it gets to a point where there there is nothing more you can do. Right. It and and that I think is the is something that guys probably struggle with the most is when do I call it quits? When when yeah. is when is enough enough? And when do I s decide that I am not going to find this animal? Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, that is that is something that I believe that you should do everything in your power to recover that animal to put a second shot on that animal if you need to but if if you literally have exhausted all all of your options and you you cannot do anything else i mean what, what more can you do right you know, that, that i mean that's it it's a very hard decision to make to to decide when to back out mm -hmm. go try again the next morning um but it's sometimes one that needs to be made because you could potentially be making it worse. And, and trying again the next morning, that's a good point too because uh, I know we had a situation last December down in South Texas where mm -hmm. that came into play. Um, we had one of our staffers down there. And, well, I guess I'll let you tell a story because you were you were in the blind with him. Yeah, when we've he told shot. the story uh, in a past podcast with me and staffer Andy Meeks we were uh, hunting together. Yeah. And he had this doe come up. He was going to take a shot. Had a cow come to the to the bait pile that we had set out. Scared the doe off. The doe actually ended up coming closer, and so he put uh, as perfect of a shot as he could have on this doe. And somehow, I don't know. The, these deer didn't bleed down there. We saw oh, it. It was ridiculous. Um, but for some reason, we couldn't find this doe at all. And we had to make the decision to back out, and then you went out. You went out the next morning and helped Andy. Yeah, and ended up finding that doe. We, we did end up finding her. She was not where we ever imagined she would be. Um, and, and that, and I, I remember for Andy, like he was super frustrated with that because oh, yeah. he and, and y'all too, like you reviewed the footage and everything, and yet you you could not find that deer, and. Uh, and that was challenging and making that decision that night I, I respect that decision that that night to back out and decide that you're going to try again the next morning and i went back out there with him the next morning and that deer was two to three hundred yards away mm -hmm. from where he shot it across a creek found the deer um but the coyotes at that point had already gotten to her yeah. and i think that that's that's another thing that's always in the back of your mind whenever you back out is that something else is going to find that animal mm -hmm. or a strong possibility that, that that's going to happen yeah and as far as i mean like being a dad and having like dawson we on the staff hunt yeah we're out there and he makes a a shot we had video we saw that it made impact maybe he caught it a little bit low um but we saw that take shape we went we had everybody looking for I mean, we were out there literally three hours. Yeah. Um, the first day, went back in, kind of regrouped, went back out, looked for another hour, hour and a half, and still, um, still couldn't find it. Um, yeah. And like, as a dad, you know, you're one. You're hoping that you find the kill, obviously, of your you know what oh, your yeah. son just put down right yeah, but absolutely but then the other part is you know we're trying to teach our the next generation of hunters mm -hmm. um how to hunt responsibly and and you know you you have this opportunity to go out to a place like that and you're doing a management hunt and 
and you're, all these things you know fall into place to do it, and you're like, oh no, 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 we can't, we can't just have an injured deer running around. Like no, you know, yeah. like your conscience is like really, really dinged. You know, you're you're really sitting there going, oh my goodness. But you know, kids sometimes are a little bit more resilient than adults, and good, bad, or not, you know, and really to see him because he. You know, because of that, you'd think maybe that would have a lasting impact. Mm -hmm. But um, I think it was important that he saw how long we looked. Yeah. We looked for that deer. How, yeah. long, you, how long you try to, to, to make it happen. Yeah. Cook, and, and I, like, I like the point that you're bringing up because, you know, it's, we talk a lot about the next generation, about teaching today's youth to hunt. And... You know, I mean, we talk about you know teaching them how to shoot, teaching them how to you know do this, that, and the other. But that's that's not something we were talking about. Is teaching them how to how to quit. You know, how it's okay to fail sometimes. Yeah, how it's okay to fail. Because that's, I mean, like we've already said a thousand times, that's that's part of it. You know, and and I think that goes right back into um, not only us being responsible hunters. But um, the next generation being responsible hunters and setting ourselves apart from that, from the guys, that, and I'm trying to be delicate here, but the guys that don't do that, the guys that just go out there, shoot for sport, poachers, yeah. just people like that, that, that don't care. Mm -hmm. Whereas we, we're actually trying to, we're not only trying to recover our animal, but we're, we're trying, like you said, trying to be as humane as possible here. Yeah. And teaching teaching the next generation that because I, I remember growing up with my dad hunting, like I was, there were lots of times that we that we looked and looked and looked and looked for deer. Oh, yeah. And I, I remember one time we uh, it was a huge doe that I shot, could not find this deer anywhere, and we called it like we searched for two three hours for this deer we couldn't find anything, and there was actually on the the feeder we hunted in Texas and on the feeder that the deer was standing under there was a, a little ding in it from where my bullet. And hit the feeder oh. leg so my dad was convinced that i missed this deer of course he wasn't with me and i was like no no i hit this deer i'm sure that i hit it and we called it quits and we're literally walking back to the truck and we stepped like we almost stepped on this deer like she was oh, just wow. she was laying in some tall grass and and uh we got we got lucky but i was uh at that moment i was kind of like man you know i, I could have looked a little a little bit longer and and sure enough there there's, there's my deer there's the doornail <laughs> right there that's awesome yeah, it kind of reminds me of a story I had when we were in San Angelo in December. It was the, uh, not the first deer I shot, but the first deer I shot with my bow. Yeah. Uh, so I was, everything was perfect. She was broadside. She was not exactly how far she was, but I kind of guesstimated. Yeah. And she ended up ducking, and I had a bad shot on her. She went straight down, but she didn't die. As soon as she, as soon as I would have liked her to, right. unfortunately. And so, just like you said earlier, sometimes we have to finish the job that we started. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, in that situation, I had to do that, and it's not like we had the trouble finding her because she went straight down. But yeah. different set of circumstances. Yeah. I think San Angelo challenged a lot, and I know again we have a specific podcast talking about San Angelo yeah. and all the hunts there. But I think San Angelo really, really did challenge a lot of guys in the aspect of. You know, 
feeling that frustration of am I going to lose this deer mm -hmm. and having to really search for it just because of the, the whole, I, I still don't understand it, why they don't bleed down there. But we, <laughs> they, we had very little blood trails and fortunately, I mean, most guys were able to find their deer mm -hmm. and, and we were very fortunate that way, but it was it was for sure a, a challenging challenging situation for a lot of people sure. out there. So, Well, and even into what to shoot at. Yes, like, that as well. You know, when we're talking about, you know, being on that management hunt, we were given instructions on this is what, this is the type of deer we're looking for. Right, yeah. Um, and the area we were in definitely needed management. Yeah. So all Absolutely. the really nice, Deer that were coming out, <laughs> yes. and you're salivating, going, yeah, that is a big buck. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, and just, I really appreciate our staff, um, the whole group, in adhering to those guidelines, and yeah, and and really hunting responsibly, hunting with etiquette. I mean, we were in season, so technically, you know, it would have been okay to shoot the, you know. But, I mean, yeah, and, and it would have been perfectly legal. In, in, yeah, that, county, legal, yes. in, in that county, I mean, it's a five-year county, and there were no no forms of antler restrictions or anything. So, yeah. I mean, literally anything could go. But the owner of the property had specific things in mind for what he wanted to see. Yes. And, yes, our staff did everything in their power to, to adhere to that as best they could, which was, which was great. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, yeah, very good point. I'm, I'm very glad that, uh, that it worked out that way for sure. Another part that a lot of guys struggle with, um, and, and really guys that are hunting public land, this, this is one thing, but um, unsuccessful, being unsuccessful. And yeah. I'm not just talking about one hunt. You know, it's one thing to go out there hunting and, and you know, not see anything for one hunt or not shoot anything. I mean, that happens to all of us more times than not, yep. you know. Um, may not have been the case in San Angelo, but <laughs> but uh, but it happens to all of us more times than not. And but when you drag that out for an entire season, mm. that can really kill morale. Oh yeah, a lot, absolutely. And I, I know because we we sent out a deal to our staff before we recorded this podcast about hey, here's what we're talking about. If you guys have any questions or input, you know, send some send us something in. And one of our staffers made the comment of. Is there ever such thing as a bad hunting season? Mm -hmm. You know, because if you're not hunting, what what else are you doing? Yeah. You're at home doing the honeydew list, or you're at work. You know, so right. I mean, there is something to be said about about just being in the woods, but also it still goes back to, you know, you, like we said at the beginning, you want to be successful. Mm -hmm. You, you want to bring something home, and sometimes, you know. And, and I know a good comparison is like we had a one of our staffers, uh, Stephen Bowen, um, was at the staff hunt. He's from Georgia, yep. and he made multiple comments that week about the number of deer that were out there and how you know this does, it's not like this back in Georgia, right? You know, so so there's an example of a guy that that uh, is passionate about hunting, who loves to hunt, but um, his normal hunting environment and what he is used to does not have the number. Of deer that um, other people might have or for sure what we saw down there so you know and, and for him he's like I said he's used to that 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 is his normal hunting ground mm -hmm. he'll still kill a few deer a year but if he goes out and doesn't see anything you know I mean it's not the end of the world for him 
And then you have other trips, and, I, and I'm going to bring up Montana last year again too, <laughs> other trips where you travel a long way yeah. and you work harder than you've ever worked before, oh, yeah. and yet you come back unsuccessful. That, I think when I'm talking about unsuccessful seasons, unsuccessful hunts, though, those are the kind of trips that really, really get to you. It's one thing to have a, a, a slow year, but when you put a lot into one specific trip that you only get to do for a few days a year, that that uh that's a different ball game yeah altogether yeah and especially if you're so say you're hunting a season you have two to three months in order to get it done but in that case you only have six days yeah to get it done yeah, and you prepare yeah. all year for that six days and then you still don't get it done in that six days that's very disheartening yes <clears throat> it was uh it was a long six days. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I know Drew would probably say the same if he was here. He was probably like, these stupid morons are up here with a bow. They didn't even bring a gun. They didn't even put in for a tag where they could borrow a gun. They just brought their freaking bows and thought they knew what they were doing. Put all your chips in one basket. Put all my chips in one basket, man. <laughs> that good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> little humble pie there. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ate a tag sandwich and learned some valuable lessons that <laughs> week, go. that's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, a lot of bad and ugly stuff that nobody likes to talk about, but is good to bring up because a lot of guys out there th might think, you know, well, crap, what's wrong with me? Yeah. You know, what, mm -hmm. what am I doing wrong? And it's not always something that you're doing wrong. Sometimes it's just a part of hunting. Yeah. Something that we all deal with. And that's kind of what our goal is to, through this podcast is to kind of bring that to everybody's attention that, hey, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what scale you're on. This kind of stuff happens. It's, it's part of the game we play. But enough about the bad. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about some good, man. Because there's, there's, some, there's a lot of it's, – it's not just the – there's a lot that goes into the passion and the drive that keeps us coming back for more oh, yeah. every single time, you know, and, and part of it is that drive to want to be successful and, and part of it is when you are successful, you, I mean, you know, it, it, look at it as a drug, you know, you want more, you really do. <laughs> yeah. You get obsessed with it? It's yeah, <laughs> one, could say, one could say you are obsessed. <laughs> so Dawson. Yes, that's a, that's I mean, great. 12 years old, small fry. Yeah, and everybody's favorite. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You know, you can talk to anybody, just go chatting around, and you know, I really am glad he had the bad and the ugly. Yeah, on mm -hmm. that shot because the next shot that he took was all sorts of good. Mm -hmm. So you know, he he gets the okay to go after a buck. Which, you know, was very gracious. Lucky little kid. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody probably decided they did not want to talk to him anymore. <laughs> but so he, he, he finagles his way into getting this opportunity. You know? <laughs> so he talked his way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we go out and, you know, he had to wait for a little bit. Yeah. Um, the deer came through. They kind of circled around, stayed in the back. Part of it was my fault. I was trying to video everything, and I had a window cracked holding one camera, and I was holding the other, and so there was a little bit of wind coming through. The wind shifted to 
slightly behind us. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And so it's pushing up pushing towards. Yeah. And at the point, you know, they're still coming in because they still want to eat. But at the point, I'm not thinking about it. I'm just focused on him. I'm trying to make sure the shot's right and, and get the camera on him and all that. And, yeah. and he's going and he finally, the buck comes out, circles around, comes out and he presented once and I look over and, and you may have edited it out in the video that we put up, but it, he turns and, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, <laughs> you know, in my mind, I'm like, what's going on? Why haven't you, why haven't you taken a shot yet? Like, it's there, opportunity's there, broadside, perfect. And I look over, and he's fumbling around for his ear pro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's checking pockets. I mean, and, and I'm sitting there, and I, you know, I think I say something like, dude, screw it. Just, <laughs> just shoot me here, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and... He gets back up, and you know, you got to give the kid credit because, you know, I'm sure, I mean, number one, that was not probably right of me because it probably put a little extra pressure on him. Yeah. Needed to keep it a little bit more calm. <laughs> Is the shot right after he had that one that we had to go track? Mm -hmm. And that kid put it square on it, dropped him right there. Mm -hmm. It was an like, impressive shot. Yeah, it was. And... You know, as a dad, I mean, obviously, immediate high five. The yeses come forward, you know, come forth, and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, adrenaline's just flowing, and you know, as we're going back, you know, he's pumped, like he is absolutely pumped. And I'm like, well, were you nervous? He's like, yeah. yes, <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, you, you see that and you see what he overcame in the previous shot. And right. I was like, well, what did you do different this time? And he's like, I made sure that I was a little bit higher. I aimed a little bit higher to make sure that, you know, that I got where I needed to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a 12-year-old, thinking through those things, like, I was really appreciative of the time that he took to analyze and to kind of self-reflect on his previous hunt and say, I need to make these changes. He took yeah. that responsibility on his own. That's huge. Yeah, absolutely. I know when I first started hunting, my first the first year I was out in the woods, I just went with my dad. I didn't hunt, I just kind of tagged along. He kind of wanted to see if I was interested or not, and sure enough, I was. Um, and then the second year, he actually got me a hunting license and, and was gonna let me shoot my first year, and I remember like, I probably had a half dozen shots throughout the season at deer, and I missed every single one of them. Like, I was scared of the gun, I was nervous, you know, this, that, and the other. There, yeah. was, there was always something, and I just, I, ma I made bad shots, or, or misses. I, I never even hit one in the first place. <laughs> there were no bad shots, they were just clean misses. And then I remember my first year, my dad and I found a, a new spot, we put a new stand in there, and it was, it was, perfect like it was the, one of those spots where you sit all day long mm -hmm. you know you're gonna see deer at some point all day long you sit in there all day long and that's what we did my dad shot a deer like early afternoon out of there didn't even go look for it like he he was confident in the shot we let it go and we're like we're gonna keep sitting here and soon after that it was my turn he was gonna try to let me get one 
And so I, I got all settled and there's a big old doe comes walking out and I remember he's like, calm down and just focus on the shot. Don't worry about the deer, don't worry about being at first deer, focus on the shot. And that's yeah. what I did and that deer dropped right there. Nice. And that was that's awesome. That was awesome. And then he shot another deer after that. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, it, it, it's, I mean, moments like that, and I'm sure Nick Latham, <laughs> I got two Nicks here, <laughs> Nick Latham, you can attest to, um, you can attest to this after last experience, but, and I know Nick Powell, <laughs> you and I look forward to this. Yes. Um, but I know you the excitement of watching your, your son be successful. Yeah, you know? I mean, it gets to the point, like, not that you're not appreciative, not that I'm not appreciative to go out there and be able to knock, knock some food down for my family, but, like, I, I can just sit back and watch him hunt. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I want to, don't get me wrong, I, I want to, but, but you sit there and you, you see the enjoyment that they're having and the, in, the almost intensity that he's going after it with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're driving down there and it's like you said, you know, well, what are you going to do? I'm going to shoot me a deer. You know, that confidence of, yeah. and, and we all do that, right? We all have those, like you said, the dreams of, oh, yeah my 10 or my 12 or whatever point and they're just broad and just I mean and and he he had that like that's that's in his mind that's what he was gonna go do and the humble pie definitely was awesome right because it made him appreciate it even more <laughs> yeah and getting to see your children do those things it's more special than doing it yourself I mean okay so I shot some deer cool yeah <laughs> but in the, you know but him, like, I was on cloud nine because, you know, I'm like, he just, he just knocked that thing down. <laughs> right there. Like, it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> oh, man. Seeing a deer like that go down, it doesn't matter who's shooting it. If yeah. you're there, it's going to pump you up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that was, that was a, not only a cool story, a cool hunt, but that was a cool buck, too. Yeah. That was, yeah, it was. It was a nice deer. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of my first, the first deer I ever killed. It was a nice little, well, I say nice for an eight-year-old kid. It was nice, a nice little eight-point, just a perfect little basket eight. And I remember the field we sat on, me and my dad were in a blind, uh, ground blind. And Don't hit the mic, pal. Yeah, don't hit the mic. <laughs> don't hit the spring, specifically. We're, uh, we're, we're working with some new equipment here today, guys, which is both exciting and, uh, and different and challenging at the yeah. same time. So we're working uh, through it. Yeah, we're working through it here. We're learning as we go. <laughs> Always. Um, still have that deer on the wall, actually. So. Heck yeah. Yeah, it was cool. I, I'll never forget that. No, you, that's, that's one you don't forget. Yeah. And I know Dawson won't forget uh, Definitely that, not. that trip either. Did y'all end up getting that buck mounted? Man, uh, <laughs> so things you learn. <laughs> so he's 12 mm -hmm. and, you know, he started working on it. And now we're like, you know what? We watched some things on how to do it. And I'm like, you know, we can do this. We do a lot of stuff at our house. Like yeah. we're very hands-on people. And so we go through and I bought the different things that we needed to do it and and I was like, all right, well, you're gonna have to get out there and kind of get it to a point. You've got to scrape it and do some things to a point before we can take it to the next 
stage. Right. And he's got it out there, and he's got it in a bucket, and he's keeping it all contained and everything, and he went inside to go do something, and he forgot about it for a little bit. So a couple hours later, he comes out. One of the dogs... Uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh-oh. ...has about chewed the snout off of the steer. Oh, man. So he's missing some nose pieces. <laughs> <laughs> so we're probably going to have to do a little bit different than what we had planned on. So we were going to do a, the Euro skull with the actual skull. Oh, there you go. Um, that's what we were going to do. We'll see what we can salvage out of it and uh, and still make something for him to, to remember oh, it by for cool. sure. And that, that sucks, but it's another another way to learn, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean, it is. It, it is. It's, uh, I bet he won't do it again. No, no, I don't <laughs> think so. No. So, yeah, we're, we're still working through that. But, you know, you will be learned. There's always learning curves, man. There's always learning curves. Yeah. Out in San Angelo, there was a bunch of turkeys, too. I know a few guys shot a bunch of turkeys. Oh, yeah, there are turkeys yeah. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Myself included. Uh, All right, you did. With my bow. Yeah, I was there. Sweet. <laughs> you were there. Yeah, you talk about a reaction. <laughs> I know we've talked about this one. before, but yeah, your reaction was priceless. Podcast couple it's on the YouTube now. channel, guys. Go watch that video. You don't have to. So. Yes, you have to. Do it. <laughs> comment. Yeah, comment. Comment. Uh, caption contest. Something. Anyways. <laughs> uh, I remember some, some turkey stories from... When I was a kid, I remember my, I'll never forget my first turkey. Uh, it wasn't even turkey season, it was deer season, but we were riding around, because that's how we hunted during the day. We would ride around, if we saw something, we'd shoot it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my dad spotted this hen turkey. Uh, he pulled over to the side, he said, hey, there's a turkey right there. And it took me a while to find it, because it was, she was, uh, she was bedded down, and I just remember, I remember shooting that turkey and then those first turkey I've ever gutted too, and my dad walked me through how to gut a turkey as well, and so that was. Uh, you call was it fun. gutting on a turkey, or you call it dressing out? Or, well, uh, we so what we did was we we gutted it, took, we so cut the butthole out, yeah, <laughs> reached up in there and grabbed everything, pulled it out, mm -hmm. uh, and then we, I want to say that we went and took it to the taxidermist. Um, and that reminds me of another turkey story, because another deer season we did the same thing. We were driving around, and then we saw a group of turkeys running. And so we, my dad pulled to the side again, same exact way, I stuck my gun out, and I, I was watching this turkey in my scope, and I pulled the trigger, and we just see a puff, puff of feathers. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. We found that turkey, too. I'm glad you found it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, uh, that was fun. Good times. Absolutely. Well, guys, I hope that uh, I hope that this podcast kind of gave you not only gave you guys a little bit more confidence or put you at ease, but um, just just gave you some insight to the fact that other guys deal with this kind of stuff too. I know we we talked about some good stories here and ended on a good note, but um, you know the bad and the ugly parts. It's it's something we all deal with. It, like I said at the beginning, it doesn't matter what what stage of this of your hunting experience or even this industry that you're at it's uh it's something that we all have to have to deal with and it can be challenging sometimes so i hope that this podcast kind of helped put you guys uh at ease a little bit better about um anything you might 
might be dealing with or, or have dealt with before or might deal with in the future because we've all made bad shots. I've done it and I know I know I probably haven't done it for the last time either. So none okay. of us have. So um, thank you all for listening. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, if you have not already, please go follow Fall Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, FallObsession.com is the hub. That's where you can find all of our stuff, all of our videos, uh, photos, uh, podcasts, and my guys are over here pointing at their shirts. We all got some get some, some we, merch. We got some yeah, new t-shirts. Some sweet merch. We got some new t-shirts. So, uh, and not only that, but t-shirts are some of our older designs are also on sale right now, uh, up to forty percent off. So be sure that you guys go pick something up and uh, be sporting some fall obsession apparel. Also, on our YouTube channel, we got a lot of new series. Um, one is our flagship series, Fall Obsessed Outdoors which uh, came out this last month for the fourth season. Um, and in that season, you can watch the video of the hunt that a lot of us have referenced here today um, yeah. with, the, with the staff hunt. I know Dawson's hunt's in there, your turkey hunt's in there. Yep. Um, a lot of, I, I think we got at least one kill from each guy that was there mm -hmm. in on that show. So that, that was pretty cool. Um, so be sure you guys do that. And we also have a new series called Cure Your Obsession. And Nick Latham, whoop, whoop. I know yeah. that you are pumped about this series. Yeah, I mean, absolutely excited. Um, never shot a bow for, you know, for anything other than, hey, come over here, you want to shoot this? Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, shot it a few times and that's it. And, and uh, this is going to be a really fun series. It's already been fun, man. And yeah. like, I mean, like I said, we have huge shout to Cinnamon Creek. We're out here today recording, but another thing that we did today while we were out here was we got that bow set up. Yeah. And we filmed a lot of stuff for that series. So there's going to be a lot of awesome content coming out um, in the near future, guys. So be sure that you, like I said, uh, subscribe to our YouTube, YouTube channel and follow us on social media because. Um, you're not going to want to miss it. For the beginning entry level bow hunter, it is a must watch. Absolutely. For sure. Um, on top of all that, there is a spot on our website, fallobsession.com slash podcast. If you guys have um, any questions, any thoughts, any topic suggestions, there's a spot on that page where you can fill out a form and send us in your requests and or questions, and we will do our best to answer them on a future podcast. So that's all we got for you guys today. Nick and Nick. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you all for joining me today. It's been a blast, and we will catch you guys next week on another episode of the Fall Obsession Podcast. See you later. Bye. that has the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western oh, i'll be over there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv